Hey there, welcome to the Praying Christian Women podcast. I'm Jamie, and I am here for week two of our two-part episode about how to pray for and support caregivers of children with special needs. And this has been a, I would say, this is our longest discussion to date. This ran like an hour and over an over an hour and fifteen minutes of Alana and I just talking about several different aspects of praying for and practical support for caregivers of children with special needs. And Alana has been there and has so much to offer. And um, this second part is dealing with specifically how to pray for those caregivers of children with special needs. And we kind of even get into a little bit of caregivers of, um, of, elderly family members, um, and aging parents and things like that. So this is definitely a great part two. If you didn't catch last week, I would recommend listening to the beginning, um, that first 40 minutes or so of our discussion, because I feel like that gives kind of a background of Alana's story and some of the things that she experienced and some really great, uh, great, great information whether you are a caregiver of a child with special needs or maybe even more so if you're not and you are uh, looking for ways to have a window into the life of someone who's caring for a child with special needs, um, just in terms of giving you a little bit more insight into how to pray and how to act in the day-to-day and how to give practical help. So all kinds of great stuff. They could be standalone episodes, but I would go back to our, our last week's episode first. If you have not yet, I'm going to open us up in prayer and thank you for being here today. God, we just thank you for this time. Thank you for this opportunity to talk about how to pray for and support the caregivers of children with special needs. We just lift up anyone who is caring for a child or another family member um, that is struggling, that needs long-term care, um, whatever their age. God, we pray for you to just uh, open up this time for your Holy Spirit to be present, bring encouragement, bring wisdom, and uh, and just bring, just equip these, these very special individuals with the strength that they need, the endurance, the patience, and all of the things that they need to do this very difficult task at times. Um, I pray for rewards. I pray that you would open their eyes to your hand at work all around them as they walk through this, um, this calling, this anointing that you've placed on them to care for these people. Lord, we just also pray that uh, you would help us as people that aren't in that position of caring for people with special needs, that you would give us the ability to be the strength, to, to be the prayer warriors, to be the practical helpers and hands and feet of Jesus for the people in our sphere of influence that are walking this path in Jesus name. Amen. All right. Uh, Let's move into just kind of more of the practical prayers for caregivers with special needs. Yeah. Where do you want to start? Let's see. What would be, I don't know, just kind of a, a list of, I'm going to write some of these down so that we can have okay. them and remember. Um, 
I don't know, maybe just a list of specific, maybe break it down into um, prayers for that person as an mm-hmm. individual and their personal mm-hmm. needs, their personal, oh, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. meaning the, the caregiver. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then that person's relationship to, you know, equipping that person prayers of equipping. So maybe personal ministry to them and their spirit, and Mm -hmm. then, you know, equipping prayers for how, you know, being able to, to execute that caregiving. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. All right. So I'm going to do an exercise and I'll just like highlight what I'm doing in this exercise because it's useful whenever you want to intercede for somebody. I'm just going to put myself back in the shoes of who I was like, 11 years ago and be like, okay, what would I want people to be praying for? I think that's a good question. If, you, if you're like, I want to pray for Jamie, but I don't know, just practice putting yourself in Jamie's shoes. What, mm-hmm. what would I, I want that. people? So back when Silas was, we'll call it like the two to four range, the, the prayers I needed, um, energy and perseverance. Like that was, that was front and foremost because it felt like an exhaustive, never ending struggle. Um, hope and um i'm trying to think of you know just i can't can't think of another word from hope but like take hope and like magnify that a hundredfold because i in my spirit i really really sense that god had miraculous plans to heal my kid Mm -hmm. um my timing was off though. Like, I think I've even mentioned on the podcast, I, I prayed so firmly. I'm like, this kid is going to be off his feeding tube and he's three. He is going to, you know, like he's going to turn three. God's going to snap his fingers in. And it's going to be as if we never had all this medical stuff in our past. That wasn't the time frame <laughs> that, that God gave the end picture. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, was where I was going, but so like there was patience there. There was discouragement because I felt one thing in my spirit and I felt another thing based on what all the doctors were saying and things like that. Um, Navigating the healthcare system is really hard. Like we had a couple specialists that like, there's one in particular that I remember that I wouldn't even go to appointments unless Scott was there because he was so condescending to me as the mom, but like he'd give it to my husband straight um, there were times where I had to tell, you know, a specialist with 500 initials after their name, no, I'm not going to do this invasive procedure just because you told me that I should. Um, so being able to like know when to stand up and advocate for your child, um, and then having the backbone to do it, Mm -hmm. that's hard. Um, another amazing thing to pray for is like angels within the system. And I'm not using angels like theologically, but we got this advocate. She was, she was like our Medicaid liaison where basically since Silas was on Medicaid and since he had complicated needs, she was like part social worker, part nurse, part friend and part pitbull where like if we needed something and there's only so much that you as a parent can do like mm-hmm. I could call the doctor and say I think our kid needs a different kind of formula right <laughs> that's about all I can do 
She was like, okay, here's the five different formulas. I'm going to make sure that this doctor orders you two cases of each. You're going to try them. She was amazing. And we didn't even know that we needed somebody like that. And I I don't even know how we got connected to her, (laughs) but you know, so basically for like the right people to show up at the right time (laughs) is amazing. Um, What else? Like the, the extended family relationships can be a little bit tricky because like maybe um, like even, even my parents knowing that they had a grandbaby in the NICU, that was a hard, you know, not to use the term too willy-nilly, like it was a traumatic experience for them. Like there's a story of my dad was in a meeting and somebody else was like showing pictures of their grandbaby and he had to get up and leave because his grandbaby that he had never met was in the NICU and probably going to die. Right. And so I didn't have the capacity to worry about how my parents and my brother and all the extended family members were coping with the situation. So I needed somebody else to like, just pray for that side of things because I could only focus on this. Um, Oh, here's a huge one the siblings of Mm. the special needs kid, right? That, that is, I don't want to say harder, but just as hard, just as tricky comes with its own for sure complications. Um, You might get overly resentful or you might go to the opposite extreme and become so much of a caregiver that you become like a second parent. And that's not necessarily the healthiest place for a child to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's just, you know, like the, the time factor, right? Like uh, we didn't have time to devote to our toddler when his brother was in the NICU. And that was yeah. really, really hard for all of us. Um Yeah, those are the things that I would say. And then really, I would say, and this is, this goes for anybody whose loved one has health issues, is the discernment to know, should I pray and hope for healing? Should I pray and hope for comfort? Should I hand this baby up to God and be like, God, here's my child, do what you will, right? Because I believe that a parent can pray for their child, like nobody else mm-hmm. ever in the world possibly can. Um, you know, that's why, like, I've made a promise to you. Like if, if something happens to you, I am going to adopt your kids as my prayer burden mm-hmm. <laughs> because, you know, I know what that, what that burden is for yeah. your, for your babies. Um, but it's hard. It's hard to know. I, I did feel like God was calling me to pray bold, brash prayers for a miraculous healing, but not everybody gets that story. Not everybody gets that prompting. And so sometimes you need to know, okay, am I supposed to pray against this prognosis or am I just supposed to say, okay, God, since we've got this now, what are we going to do? Yeah. And that's hard. It's definitely hard. Did you have people push against your faith? and say, Oh, don't get your hopes up. This is, this is really like, did you have Christians that were reluctant to join you in praying for full healing because they didn't think that you were being realistic? Yeah. So here's a a tidbit for any prayer warrior, whether it's for special needs or not. And that's just to be, when God gives you a bold and brash prayer burden, be careful how you present it and who you share it with. Yeah. I didn't really, I didn't go around blabbing my 
hopes and prayers and expectations. Mm -hmm. I don't think, you know, I don't think even to Scott, I was at least not at the beginning. I wasn't like, yeah, Mm -hmm. God's going to heal our baby. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I, I love the verse about Mary. Like she stored these things away and treasured them in her heart. So that's what I did. What I did do is if somebody said something about Silas's prognosis, whether that was a doctor or a kid, we had a relative, like, God bless him, well-meaning Silas was five or six at the time. And like, we were, we were getting a clearer picture that he was going to be fine. And this relative just didn't know him well enough and was like, oh, well, you know, they were asking our kids what they wanted to be when they grew up. It's like, well, I know what Silas wants to be. He's going to be a greeter at Walmart. <laughs> and, you know, no offense to greeters at Walmart. It's an important job. But I think in, in this person's mind, it was like, well, this is, you know, yeah, they'll hire somebody with disabilities. <laughs> but something oh, like that would goodness. come up. Basically, I just, I prayed against it. I, I didn't make a big deal about it. I just like, God, I know that's not what's for my kids. So mm-hmm. you can ignore that. <laughs> You know, um, that's kind of how I did it. Or if, you know, like sometimes you would have doctors who, you know, were more candid, like, yeah, you're like, there was one actually like, yeah, your kid's going to die from lung infection, you know, before he's an adult. And like, I would hear that. And I would, in my heart, I would just say, God, you can ignore that. It, it was just kind of a no thanks. You know, like it wasn't this big old production. Right. It wasn't this big thing. It was just like, no, I, I'm pretty sure that's not what God has in store. I didn't feel like it was my job to go and talk back to the doctor about it. I just, mm-hmm. in my heart, was like, nope, God, that's that's a, because um, I do feel like words have power. And so I didn't want those words to have an impact on my son and his health. And so I would just kind of pray against it, be like, yeah, no, God, you can basically like send that curse back where it came from. Mm-hmm. Now, but here's the other thing, like, I don't, I don't ascribe, I'm not like that woman who wanted Silas to pray for complete healing, right? I, I think there were times where a doctor can come and say, yeah, I, you know, I'm looking at the scan. I don't think there's much more we can do for your kid. I think it's time to talk about palliative care or something like that, right? I don't think that the go-to is always going to be, nope, no, thanks, God. <laughs> I'm just going to reject it. Like, and that's where the prayers for discernment come in. Is it time to be... Um, accepting or is it time to put on your your mama bear claws and fight back against that and i you know there's going to be times for both depending on the situation that is all such good such good insight mm-hmm. um and i think you covered you know i mean a, a lot of it one other thing i have on the list is marriage um i have heard that parents of children with special needs have a higher divorce rate than mm-hmm. parents of kids that don't have special needs. Um, probably due to stress, any kind of stress in a relationship can. Mm-hmm. So I feel like, you know, marriage is definitely, um, if you're already on very different pages as individuals, I could Mm -hmm. see it being very difficult, especially if you're on spiritually different pages, navigating this kind of thing would be a big stressor, even though it's a big stressor, no matter what I'm sure. Um, Mm -hmm. So yeah, definitely. I would think that praying for that, for the marriages. Yeah. Praying for the marriage, praying for like, um, for both parents to be on the same page is, is 
really important. I know Scott and I meant, um, I think one of our biggest disagreements had to do with just kind of like the timing of Silas's feedings, like how it worked. I was, I don't even remember all the details. If I had to guess the the crux of the matter, it was like, I was a tiny bit more um, intuitive. Like he seems like his stomach's upset. Let's hold off on the next feeding where Scott was more kind of by the clock. Like it's time for his feeding. We need to make sure he's got what he needs. If I, if I had to guess it had to do with, I know it had to do with feeding. I know in some ways it had to do with like, you know, I could tell when Silas was upset by his food. Um, And yeah, it was, it was a hard, a hard thing. And, And that was a fairly minor argument. It was nothing like, should we take our kid off the ventilator or not? Right. Like, you know, so prayers for um, agreement between both parties, I think it's probably the biggest one. Um, And then in terms of practical help, you know, Scott and I would have never, if somebody called us up, so let's say we're, we're in the NICU, somebody called us up and said, hey, do you want me to come like sit by Silas's bedside so you two can grab dinner together? We would have said no. If somebody said, hey, I'm going to show up Wednesday at seven. I'm going to like, I want you two to go take a couple hours, go do whatever. Oh, and by the way, here's a gift card to this restaurant. So you may as well use it because if not, it's going to waste. Mm. Like sometimes, like, again, you, you, you need to use your discernment, but it's kind of that question of, Oh, Jamie, uh, let me know if you need anything versus, okay, I'm coming over. Give me the list of what you want me to do. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, the marriage side, what is the marriage most need? I, I really do feel like it's prayers and prayers specifically for agreement. And then in terms of practical support, um, I believe you might've been the first person, correct me if I'm wrong. But you learned how to, to how to handle Silas's feeding pump, didn't you? Or did no, I, I did get that not. wrong? Okay. Okay. No. We had um, West of one other family where basically like we had two options in the early days. We had two options for babysitters. And one was Silas's occupational therapist who became a close family friend who knew all the medical stuff and knew him really well. And then I had another friend who basically said, uh, yeah, teach me how to use a pump because I'm totally fine babysitting your kids, but I can't do it if I don't know how to use this pump. Wow, <laughs> right. It, cool. and so it was never like, Hey, ask me if you need anything. It right. was put yourself in that person's shoes. What are they getting want and mm-hmm. need? And then just go ahead and offer to do it. And if they say no, thanks, don't take that personally. Um, yeah. Yeah. For, hmm, that's a hard one. When, when I think about like, what does a marriage most need? when they're raising a special needs child, really it's, it's prayer. And I'd say the specific prayer is just for harmony and agreement, because there are so many possibilities for a lot of disagreements. And of course, like that's, you know, if parent A thinks, yeah, this kid obviously needs the surgery and parent B is like, no, I, the last thing I want is for the kid to have the surgery. I mean, you can see how that's huge. Yeah, that is, those are huge decisions and yeah. Mm -hmm. And time together, you know, I think, you know, it's, it's hard enough to have time together as a parent, but as a parent Mm -hmm. with a child that needs constant help, yeah, time together to even talk about the things that need to be spoken of, you know, Mm -hmm. and open Mm -hmm. communication. I mean, that, that can be hard to come by. So that's kind of probably where the prayers and the practical help could overlap. If Mm -hmm. you're praying, you know, don't just pray that they'll have time together be that person to say, Hey, I'm coming over at seven. You guys are going exactly. to have dinner. 
and yeah. I'll be here to help your kids. You know? So I'm going back to Gracie's question and she's in a slightly different situation. So we've That's been true. talking basically about, about parents, parents of special needs kids. Um, I think a caregiver who's not the parent, it is a little bit different um, because, you know, the parents of a special needs kid, there's um, there's also prayers that are needed just for what they've gone through, right? We had mourning to go through. We mourned the, um, uh, what am I trying to say? Like we mourned, we had this picture of a, a healthy baby right. and didn't have that. So we had to mourn. We had our plans changed. We had been planning to move to Russia's missionaries and because of health reasons that changed that morning took years. Yeah. Um, and so there's mourning, there's trauma, right? Like, um, I remember Silas is probably about two and a friend asked me like, so I know your son, um, you know, he's on a feeding tube. I know he had something happen, but like, I don't know your actual story. And so I started telling her like the birth story and realized I hadn't told anybody the story start to finish. Um, I had told doctors, but that's totally different. And he was like two or three at the time. Hmm. Um, like I was, I was shaking because it was like, there was so much trauma wrapped up in what we went through. So those are the Hmm. things that the parent goes through for the caregiver, an additional layer that I would add to that. And, and I hate to even bring it up because like Gracie, we know you're a wonderful, loving auntie, but putting myself in the shoes of somebody who is caring for a special needs child, especially if, um, that child has a lot of like, it's, it's an, it's not like, okay, yeah, come and have a play date, right? Like Jamie, were you to drop your kids off at my house? It would just mean the house would be a little louder, mm-hmm. right? Like it, it, it wouldn't really be a huge thing, but if it's like, okay, I can't let this child out of my sight, for right. example, or, you know, I think that resentment could be something that comes up. Like as a mom, resentment never came in. If you're a special needs parent and resentment comes in, don't blame yourself. That's, that's natural (laughs) for me. It was so much survival. Like I'm thrust into this. So of course this is life now, um, for a caregiver, I, I could see more easily resentment coming in. I think prayers for caregivers would be just, you know, patience, compassion, um, love, right? Like, of course you love the person that you're caring for, but they are not always easy to like and adore. Right. Um, so those are the things that I would say specifically for caregivers. When we're talking about caregivers who aren't the parents, um, trying to think if there's anything else. Yeah. Just, just for that patience and that compassion, um, protection, right? Like it can be really, really scary. Um, Like if Silas was three or four and started choking, like I would have known exactly what to do. If you had been watching him, (laughs) that could have been like a really, really scary, like, I don't know what's going on. Um, So just even for like protection uh, in terms of medical kinds of things, um, when, when we're talking about a child who it's less of the physical disabilities and more, you know, cognitive impairment, there can for sure be like behavioral issues there, destructive issues there. And so I would also pray what might, the picture that I would have in my mind is almost like praying for the home or this child was being cared for and just prayers for kind of a sense of peace, right? Like a, a relaxing, um, a calming, uh, those, those would be the kinds of prayers specific to the caregiving side of things that I would pray for. 
Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Yeah, those are really, really good. I'm going to put these together so that we'll have these in the notes just so Wonderful. everyone can kind of, and we might even do something later. You know, we could definitely make a prayer guide out of mm-hmm. these points. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's a it's a long journey to walk through. Hmm. Um, I would also just, from the practical standpoint, whether you're the parent or the caregiver, of somebody with special needs, I would reach out. There's, there's so many, we made a joke about social media parenting, but there are great groups and that can really be a nice thing. So um, like I was part of it, I think they called it like to be babies, <laughs> like, you know, parents of kids with G tubes, because there's specific things like what kind of clothes do you wear? How do I put a onesie on? <laughs> mm-hmm. How do I get my kid a bath? Um, oh Yeah. You know, so finding other parents, uh, if you've got a local support group, that could be cool. If your child's condition isn't super common or you live really rural and there's not a local thing, finding like a Facebook group or something with other parents can become a really useful source of encouragement so that you don't feel alone. Like you can, you can easily get very, very isolated. And so that that's the one practical thing I would say, if you're the caregiver or the parent, make sure to seek out some community. And that's one of the huge benefits of social media, because you may not have locally in a radius of 50 miles, even one Mm -hmm. person that has a child with your same, you know, special need, Mm -hmm. but in your community, you could not only locate the people if they are close to you, but you, you can have that community. I also imagine there are some kinds of of special needs that make it very hard to get outside of your home. But yes, if you're in a group where you can do it remotely, that's got to be very, Mm -hmm. very Mm -hmm. helpful. Something that I've seen in some of the bigger churches lately that I think is great is like special Sunday schools for kids or adults with disabilities. Um, You know, in general, you've got to have a a decently large church to have that be a need and to have the, you know, the workers available to do that. But I, I love that that's on people's radars now as a possible need. I do too. I actually, um, uh, sorry, I'm going to write this down. I, for a little while entertained the idea. I was like, I would love to do that. Cause I, I had, Mm -hmm. it was before it was something I had read, um, or seen, at, at a, at a, a children's ministry conference or something mm-hmm. through Johnny and friends where they talked mm-hmm. about establishing a special needs, something at your church, whether ministry, it's yeah. an actual class, whether it's people that you have that can go in and help come alongside kids that have special needs mm-hmm. to allow mm-hmm. their parents to attend the church service or whatever that yeah. looks like. Um, and because, and it never happened because I was involved in a different ministry and then it just didn't Mm -hmm, happen. mm -hmm. But I just, I love Johnny and friends is a really great organization. If you're interested in getting connected with other parents of kids with disabilities or special needs, um, or starting up something in your church. Cause that's kind of what she does. That's one of the big things yeah. she does is equip 
churches to become more friendly to kids with special needs or disabilities. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, that's a great Johnny. I think it's just Johnny and friends org. You know, while we're talking about caregivers, this really could be its whole own episode, but I just want to mention it too. Like it's probably just because of the, the age that we're at today, like, is in like, you know, middle-aged women, mm-hmm. you and me. <laughs> and I've, I've got a couple friends who are now caring for either a parent or grandparents with Alzheimer's or yes, dementia. That's, totally. a, that's an entire other kind of caregiving. But I yeah. think that some of it's similar in terms of, you know, really needing grace, patience, compassion, time with your spouse, harmony in the home. Um, those are definitely things to be praying for. And, and again, just that picture of a calming in the house. Cause I mean, you've got firsthand experience with, with your mom, it can be, um, uh, scary for the individual when, you know, they're, they're not having a good grasp of what's going on. Um, there can be behavioral issues, right? Like your, uh, wonderful loved one who's always been kind is now swearing at your cat, (laughs) you know, like things can happen that, you know, it's not really that person's personality anymore. And so, um, the way I picture praying for that is really just praying for the home to have a sense of like calmness and grounding. Yeah. I had limited experience. I was not my mom's primary caregiver when she had dementia. My dad was, and Mm -hmm. I went there a couple of times during, well, many times I went there, but there was one time when she was very, very, um, agitated, agitated. She, she was basically wandering through the nights and my dad Mm -hmm. at that point did not have a caregiver. And so I went for a week or so to help him before we got different kind of help, but, mm-hmm. um, he was literally not sleeping because yeah. of, and, mm-hmm. and, but I just remembered that time that I was there and I was helping and I wasn't even bearing the full burden of it. I became a different person and I, it was mm-hmm. like, uh, I became just, I, I was horrified at how impatient I was yeah. with my poor mm-hmm. struggling mom who had yeah. no, no, I, I just remember, she, you know, she had absolutely yeah. no control no. over what any she was of us doing. could put ourselves yeah. in, the, in those shoes. though. And so frustrated. Yeah. And- yeah. And I just remember, I just think about the things that I went through during that time in that very limited window. And I just think one of the prayers that I prayed was God, like I, I saw it as a refining process. Mm-hmm. Um, because I thought that I was so many things that when push came yes. to shove, I was not. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and so one of my prayers was, okay, God reveal to me what sin is in me and help me yeah. get better, you know? And, and I just, mm-hmm. yeah, I think another thing is there was guilt for me, a lot of guilt mm-hmm. about, um, not doing enough or, yeah. you know, uh, maybe contributing and guilt to for problems. feeling frustrated. I guilt for feeling totally. frustrated. So yeah, I think definitely. Yeah. Um, no, I think for... that'd be so easy. Like here's my mom who gave her life to raise me and care yeah. for me. Yeah. And now like, I can't even spend a weekend without getting mad because of yeah. this or that. I can totally see how that would be a hard, um, hard struggle to add on top to just, yeah, you're, you're feeling worried for your mom. Yeah. Now you've got this guilt as well. Yeah, there definitely is a lot of overlap and I would never, um, 
being in a short-term situation like that is very different from being a long-term primary caregiver to either a child with special needs or an elderly family Mm -hmm. member. Um, Mm -hmm. So, but I see there's a lot of overlap in, in some of these things that could definitely Mm -hmm. be. Yeah. And even, you know, we talked about this once when we were talking about your mom, like just prayers for good days, Mm -hmm. you know, like, yeah. I sort of joked about it, but I sort of made it an actual prayer with Silas. It was kind of like, teach us what we need to from this hardship, but then like, don't let, let me learn the lesson fast and don't let it be any harder than it needs to be. Mm. <laughs> like when, when I got pregnant with our third son, I got very, very scared because I'm like, I cannot go through another Nick, you say, I cannot right. go through another traumatic birth. Mm-hmm. And the way I talked myself down from being scared of that, and, and it was mostly joking, but there was a partial truth. It was like, you know what? Everything that God wanted us to learn in the NICU, we learned the first time. Yeah. And in a way, like even in the NICU, I was like, God, let us learn every single thing you have for us as fast as we can so that we can graduate from this, <laughs> yes. you know? And so, you know, even like, I think about your mom and like, God, if there's no lesson for me to learn today from it being a bad day, then please just let it be a really good day. Like for her sake, for my Mm -hmm. sake, like help it be a good day, unless there's something really specific we need to learn. And then if, if there is like, help me learn it really fast. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, and along those lines, just the ability to see glimpses uh, of God's work, you know, Mm -hmm. the, the little God winks, the God, uh, God moments, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. where, where Mm -hmm. there is just some just thing where you're like, wow, God, you did that. Thank you. Even in the small victories, even, you know, even, even when things go downhill and you get a a momentary respite from that, or, Mm -hmm. you know, a small victory before a big fall, you know, but just to be able to, to take those moments along the way as like, to be able to recognize the moments that God is doing something mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That that's, that's a grace yeah. that God gives, you know, mm-hmm. that God gives. And, and I think we can be praying for caregivers to have that, have yeah. those open eyes to be able to see, because I know the enemy would love to shut off that knowledge mm-hmm. yeah. and blind. Yeah. That. And one more prayer for care- caregivers. And then we can close is when you're in the midst of it, like you don't even know what you need for yourself, mm-hmm. right? Like I went from, I cried the day before Silas got discharged from the NICU until his second birthday without like shedding a single tear. Mm-hmm. And because we were just in survival mode. So I didn't, I thought that we were coping fine. Like if you had asked me, Hey, how are you holding up? I'm like, Oh yeah, things are fine. Looking back. I'm like, I was just surviving. And so mm-hmm. Again, it's this practice of putting yourself in someone else's shoes, being like, okay, if I'm going through this, if this is my schedule, if this is my life, what do I need? Mm-hmm. And, you know, um, you know, talking about uh, how I just mentioned, like with, with my pregnancy with our third son, how scared I was like there, there was such a healing when he was born, like Scott and I were both like the second he came out, we both just started sobbing and it truly did feel like. I don't want to say like a closed chapter, but it felt like there was some kind of closure. There was a sense of, um, you know, cause my first son was a C-section Silas was our middle son and had a really traumatic birth experience. Our third son was like the only labor and delivery that didn't have like scary complications to it. 
So there was a little bit of that. I thought that I was going to be very, very scared. Like we actually asked our pediatrician to order a foot monitor that he could wear like the entire time he was in the hospital, just in case he stopped breathing, which is what happened to Silas. Mm -hmm. And we, he was born in the morning by nighttime. I told her, she's like, I don't think we need this. And she's like, yeah, I don't think you need it either. Like there was just such a peace. And that was something I wouldn't have known to pray for. Right. I didn't know that I was that messed up (laughs) psychologically that I needed to have prayers for my healing. It wasn't until we went through like a calm, uneventful birth experience that I realized how scared I had been, how just messed up I was, how much trauma was still there. And so I wouldn't have even known if you had asked me like, Hey, what do you, what do you want me to pray for? I wouldn't have even known that that was a prayer that I needed was just for kind of that closure, that healing. Um, So yeah, again, anytime you're interceding for anybody, I think it's, you know, this is why our imagination is such a beautiful gift. It's like, okay, what does this person really need? Yeah. Mm -hmm. No, that's, that's very good advice. Awesome. Well, to Gracie and to the parents of this sweet baby that you're taking care of and to anybody else who has special needs in their family or sphere, we just want to wish you love and compassion and patience, patience with yourself. You might not be at your tip top best all the time. And that's because you're tired and you're worn out and you're dealing with your own trauma about things in addition to caring for somebody else who has intensive needs. So give yourself grace, give yourself love, find some community. I hope that uh, even just listening to Jamie and me talking about this has helped you feel a sense of community. It's one of the things I really like about praying Christian women like you or I could sit and talk about these subjects and still deliver the same information But I think that one of the reasons why people tune in is because there is a sense of community, right? When you and I Mm -hmm. fellowship, we are vicariously fellowshipping with everybody listening. And so I hope that, Mm -hmm. yeah, even if, if, even if you don't have anybody with special needs in your family or life, I hope that you've just gotten that sense of fellowship today. Mm -hmm. Well, you want to do our prayers for the unsaved and let's do it. Close in prayer for our. Perfect. All right. Well, we, um, on our coffee break episodes, we like to pray one of the 30 prayers for the unsaved from 30 days of prayer for the unsaved. (laughs) If you like this opportunity to pray for the unsaved people in your life, we do have a resource at prayingchristianwomen.com slash unsaved where you can get 30 prayers delivered one a day to your inbox so that you can have that prompting and that built-in reminder, or you can go to Amazon and go to just search for 30 days of prayer for the unsaved. And Alana has put together a beautiful, all of these prayers are included in large print in a physical paperback book, or I think the eBooks possibly available too. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a great resource to have and great to have that burden to pray for the unsaved people in your life. So without further ado, let's pray. God, I thank you that you're the one who frees us from a guilty conscience. I thank you for taking away my guilt. Lord, you and I both know that I do not deserve your forgiveness, but you gave it to me anyway. I am so thankful. I pray today for my friend that they would recognize their sinfulness, but also realize how merciful you are. There is no sin so grave that you cannot forgive them. 
I pray that any feelings of guilt my friend experiences today would lead them to you, not make them fearful of approaching your throne. You are the God who saves everyone who calls on you, unworthy though we are. Please grant my friend that gift of repentance and salvation today. Amen. Amen. Sorry, I lost my mute button. I'm like, where'd it go? (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, if you have any other questions or comments that you would like, um, any topics that you want to hear Jamie and me address on any of our coffee break episodes, it can be a specific question like, how do I pray for caregivers with special needs? Or it can be just a topic suggestion like, hey, can we talk about caregiving? Um, Send those to us at prayingchristianwomen.com slash questions. We really love um, doing these coffee breaks. It helps us know kind of what's on your hearts so that we get a better feel for the kind of topics that we can address. And it's also really fun because you will ask us things that we wouldn't have thought to come up as episode subjects on our own. So we appreciate when you send that to us at prayingchristianwomen.com slash questions. How about I will go ahead and close us in prayer uh, and we will for sure say a prayer for Gracie as well. God, we just thank you for this chance to record. Thank you for carrying uh, both Jamie's family and my family through kind of a busy fall, getting back to school and our family moving. And thank you that we could just jump back on a call and have this time to fellowship. I pray for Gracie and her nephew and for their whole family and just pray for lots of good days and grace and patience. I also pray for anybody who's listening, who has gone through, um, a traumatic birth or has children with behavioral or cognitive issues or health issues. God, you know, every single person's need. And I just pray that every single person listening will feel your encouragement. And I pray for our listeners who have no special needs at all. I just pray that they will also have been blessed by this episode with um, a sense of fellowship and encouragement and inspiration in their prayer lives Um, thank you for this time together. Thank you for our listeners. Thank you for all the technology that allows Jamie and me to show up here. And uh, we just pray your blessing over families with special needs, families of caregivers, um, children who are caring for adult parents or grandparents. We just pray for grace and great days all around. Amen. Thanks for joining us on today's episode of the Praying Christian Women podcast. We'd love to hear from you, so please leave us a comment to let us know what questions or topics we can address in future shows. Then hop over to prayingchristianwomen.com slash journal to download your free prayer guide. We're so glad you joined us for today's show, and we wish you God's deepest blessings as you draw closer to Him and change the world one prayer at a time.